Hello, and welcome to the Boilers Extra podcast. I am Sam King, bringing you a Boilers Extra After Dark I-70 edition as I make the trip back to West Lafayette from Columbus, Ohio, uh, where the number one Purdue Boilermakers did knock off 24th ranked Ohio State, 71-69. Great win, great bounce back win for the Boilermakers. Um, Freshly back from Orlando, where uh, we don't need to talk about the Citrus Bowl. Anybody who watched that game can uh, assess what happened. LSU's football team is better than Purdue's, especially considering the number of players and the positions of those players that were not on the field for the Boilermakers. Um, We do need to touch on what happened later that night, later Monday after the Citrus Bowl, although most Purdue fans probably do not want to rehash uh, the Rutgers loss in Mackey Arena. I think it's important, too, because without losing that game, I do not think that Purdue wins the game at Ohio State. Um, It's just, you know, kind of the way it is. I think it's um, put a fire under them, um, probably opened some of the players' eyes to mistakes that were being made that weren't uh, coming to the forefront because the team kept winning, because people kept patting them on the back and telling them how great they were and and whatever else comes with um, being the number one team in the country. Uh, But it's important that Purdue lost that game because it's played out almost identical on Thursday, the the ending of the game. You know, it was a, a slow start for Purdue, um, gets into the second half, it's a back and forth, you know, trying to climb over the mountain, then you finally do, then the other team responds, and then it's a punch-counter-punch type of situation. Um, we all know what happened Monday. Purdue got to go ahead three from Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, Rutgers gets the ball and uh, miscued defensively on a switch, allows Rutgers to get an open shot that goes in. And then Purdue doesn't hit the response to that and ends up losing by a single point. Uh, And the big question, I guess, coming out of that was how do the Boilermakers respond to now having a loss on the resume? Um, Does that loss become two losses, three losses in a row? Does um, that kind of spark the team to come out better? at Ohio State, obviously not because Purdue came out pretty sluggish again, but uh, I do think that that loss to to Rutgers and all the players said it um, kind of just embellished mistakes that were being made uh, that you weren't seeing maybe or that you saw but you kind of glanced over because you got away with it. Uh, Practice Wednesday, you know, there were uh, players that said it was on me, uh, made this mistake, made that mistake. But uh, there's some things that came out of that Rutgers game that I really was hoping to see uh, how it played out against Ohio State. And one of those was, uh, did the, would the freshmen hit that supposed freshman wall? Would they um, kind of enter a slump? Um, how would they respond You know, to this point? Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer have started every game in their college careers and have never lost. So now you've lost, how do you respond? Uh, Well, you don't know until the team plays another game. 
and the answer was uh, pretty well, uh, at least pretty well for a half for Fletcher Lawyer, pretty well uh, for 38 minutes, a very impressive performance by Braden Smith, who I thought did a much better job of kind of being selfish and, and taking some shots that he's passed up recently. Uh, you know, he's, he's had some open looks from three, but he's got a point guard mentality where he wants to make plays for other people, uh, whereas he's a, a good enough shooter. He needs to be taking those open looks when they're given to him. And because of what Purdue has underneath the baskets, Braden Smith's going to get open looks. Fletcher Lawyer's going to get open looks. Mason Gillis, uh, Ethan Morton on down the line, Brandon Newman, whoever it might be, they're going to get open looks from three because there's a seven foot four uh, house basically posted up in that paint. Um, so Braden Smith responded magnificently. He had 16 points, led the team, uh, six assists. Like I said, played 38 minutes. He's a great defensive player, you know, very active with his hands. He's aggressive going to the basket, and I don't think he realizes that he's six foot and traveling into a land of giants, but, you know, he's, you know, that's what you want. You want that guy that's going to say, I don't care, I'm going to go in there and make the play, and he's done a pretty good job of it, you know, now halfway through his freshman season. Um, the other response, obviously, was Fletcher Lawyer, and this is a, a much bigger win because... Fletcher was 0 for 6 with four turnovers in the first half and uh, really uh, was hurting the team, I, I felt like. Um, it was almost kind of like a situation where you say, uh, he's got to come out of the game. I mean, Fletcher Lawyer can't be on the floor right now. He's, he's hurting the team. And I even said on Twitter, you know, this is a night that uh, Fletcher Lawyer is going to want to forget. And boy, was I... Uh, 100% wrong on that because I think this would end up being a night that Fletcher Lawyer will remember forever. So, um, you watch the game, you know how it played out. He comes out, he, he scores 11 points in the second half, hits three of four threes, uh, really is motivated by not starting the second half. Um, and then he hits the, the game winner on just a crazy sequence of plays. Um, Ohio State hits the three to go up 69 66. And Purdue comes down, instead of trying to hit the, the tying three, decides to dump it down to, to Zach Heady and get a quick two, and then you're down one. Um, Ethan Morton steals the inbounds pass. It's huge. It was, you know, Matt Painter said after the game, it was nothing that we saw. It was just kind of his instinct and defensive tenacity that uh, Ethan Morton went in and stole that ball and allowed Purdue to call timeout and, and draw up a play that was designed to get the ball down to Zach Heady. And kind of let him make the decision, let him make the right play, and um, Painter said this, you know, a lot of people think you want your best player take, taking the, the last shot, well what you actually want is your best player making the right decision um, not comparing Zach Eady to Michael Jordan at all, but uh, you know, clearly in the 90s he, he passed on two potential game winning shots in the finals and kicked to John Paxson and Steve Kerr, and because of those won championships. Um, Zach Eady got the ball, got doubled, kicked it back out to Fletcher Lawyer, who's wide open and now just overflowing with confidence with the way he's played in the, the last 16 minutes or so, and he hits the three. Um, like the Rutgers game, there was no miscue defensively, no um, miscommunication on a switch. Purdue gets the defensive stop. I'm not even sure that Ohio State got the shot off, and if 
it did, it was a desperation heave that had zero chance of going in. So, um, great bounce back win. Uh, the keys that kind of come out of this game that I think are huge. Uh, number one, as I mentioned, you wanted to see how those two freshman starters, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, responded, and they both responded very well. I think that they're just uh, unflappable, you know, that beyond their years. Being freshmen who are starting, starting every game, have had big scoring games, have had nights where they didn't shoot the ball well. They don't seem to be phased by anything. Uh, even, you know, if a freshman in most places is 0 for 6 with four turnovers and a half, he's not going to have a good game. He's definitely not going to hit the game-winning shot against the top 25 team on the road. Uh, so that speaks volumes to uh, you know those two, and I think they're going to be uh, fan favorites for years to come and probably are already. Uh, another positive that came out of this clearly was that uh, started about the Davidson game, I would say. The three-point shooting has just been... Not very good. Um, it's a, uh, kind of it was a question mark because you felt like this team had good shooters. If you go watch them at practice, uh, a lot of guys are very successful hitting, you know, several threes in a row. Uh, obviously, it's, it's different when you're not guarded or you're in practice with no crowd and you're in a comfortable environment. But um, the players, you know, Coach Painter, they, they continue to say here during this lull where they've struggled hitting threes, um, water finds its level, whatever it is. We're not that bad of a shooting team. The numbers are lying. Um, well, at some point, the, you are what the numbers say. And when you have a stretch of games that spans weeks at a time where you're struggling in the same area, that eventually becomes who you are. So... Now, at what point does Purdue become a team that doesn't shoot well uh, from the outside? And if Purdue doesn't shoot well, Purdue is in trouble in the long run because um, it, you become very easy to guard uh, Zach Eady in the post if you can't hit outside shots. Um, makes the decision easy for the opposing coach to say, hey, just clog up that paint and let them shoot from the outside and, and brick shot after shot, and we'll be just fine. Uh, well, Purdue came out on Thursday at Ohio State and made three of its first 20 shots and missed eight straight three-pointers. So you're looking at that and you're thinking, here we go again. And then kind of the funny thing happened, um, which is uh, kind of points two and three of the positives that I'm going to say came out of this game going into Sunday at Penn State. Uh, David Jenkins Jr., who has been... Um, just kind of atrocious, you know, from three. Six of 20, I think, coming into this game. All we heard when he transferred here from Utah was, this guy's a scorer, he's a great outside shooter, he's going to help us in that regard, and he just hadn't proved it. And in a moment of kind of desperation, I don't think this was by design, uh, he chucks up a three-pointer from the wing to beat the shot clock, and it goes in. And... You're 0 of 8 from 3, 3 of 20 from the field, and that shot goes in. And it was like flipping a switch. Uh, the Boilermakers went on a great run to end the first half. Uh, did the whole punch, counterpunch thing throughout the second half. But uh, most importantly, hit 13 of 23 three-pointers after missing the first eight. So, that you know, that's an incredibly high clip. Uh, 
I'm driving and it's dark and it's raining, so I'm not going to try to figure it out off the top of my head. But uh, for you math wizards out there, you can figure out 13 divided by 23, and uh, it's a phenomenal percentage. So uh, that should bode well moving forward. That you know, the, maybe the confidence is back that Purdue can hit shots from the outside, and if Purdue's going to hit shots from the outside at that clip, um, Zach Eady's going to get more of those field days where he has 30 points and 20 boards. You know, the last couple games he's he's put up pretty good numbers but not the numbers that people are starting to expect of him you, you know when he goes out and has 16 and 11 and you're like ah, not not overly impressed with that uh, we should always be impressed by anyone who gets 16 points and 11 rebounds in a big 10 game and Zach Eady's in a world right now where we just expect that at the minimum so uh Great to see that. Great that David Jenkins was 3 of 3 from 3. He did hit two of those to beat the shot clock. Um, you know, so that ups his percentage significantly from 6 of 20 to 9 of 23 this season. Um, and he says that he thinks that's just going to be the confidence he needs moving forward. And I imagine that, you know, he may get more minutes because of this. He definitely got more minutes on... Um, Thursday, he got to start the second half because of how poorly Fletcher Lawyer played in the first half. And, um, you know, I really felt like Fletcher Lawyer was hurting the team in the first half and couldn't be on the floor uh, in the second half. And then he wasn't. And then he kind of uh, came in and, and was a different player, hit some shots. And uh, somebody texted me at halftime and said, Purdue needs to make adjustments. And I said, Purdue doesn't need to make adjustments. It just needs to get shots to start falling and by that point actually had um, I think made 6 of 7 in the first half from outside the 3 point line um, and that carried over and I think you know we saw what Purdue can be when those outside shots are falling um, so to kind of reiterate some positives to take out of this game going forward the you know the freshmen bounced back from lackluster performances against Rutgers and, and did pretty well in a big test on the road in the Big Ten. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. David Jenkins hit some shots, uh, got some confidence. That's going to be huge move going forward. And then Purdue got its swagger back from three, which is uh, much needed after you know a stretch here of a couple weeks where the three-pointers weren't going in. Um, we do have to talk about the negatives that kind of come out of this game as well, and that is the 14 turnovers, uh, something that was costly in the Rutgers game, uh, nearly cost Purdue again on Thursday night, and it, a lot of them were just careless, bad passes, um, careless passes, you know, a player not looking for the ball and you toss the ball to him anyway, uh, you can't afford to have 14 turnovers and win road games in the Big Ten. I know Purdue got away with it this time, but uh, that won't be the case most nights. If you if you make 14 turnovers, um, you're probably going to be in trouble, especially on the road. So that's definitely got to get cleaned up before Sunday because you're facing uh, a coach at Penn State who knows Purdue's program better than any other coach in the Big Ten. Clearly, with Micah Shrewsbury's experience coaching with Matt Painter, um, he's going to know that team inside and out. He's going to know kind of inside the mind of Matt Painter. You know, when we do this, this is how he's going to respond. So it's going to be a very interesting 
chess match, uh, to say the least. Penn State's definitely a team trending in the right direction this season. Uh, now in a couple years under Michael Shrewsbury, starting to um, become a, a better program. And, um, you know, clearly that's what you want when you hire a coach. But the, the longer he's there, I think that team is just going to keep getting better and better. And, um, you know, going to be maybe a fringe NCAA tournament team this year. So no gimme on Sunday. You're going to um, to State College, um, trying to build off of what happened at Ohio State and also clean up what happened at Ohio State, which was a, a slow start and also uh, a lot of turnovers that um, were just uncharacteristic compared to maybe some Purdue teams um, of the past. But uh, this team is still a work in progress. No way, by no means is this a finished product. Um, there's still a lot of things that need to be shored up. You know, if, if you peak in the first week of January, uh, that's that's a problem. So the, I think that Purdue knows it still has to get a lot better. Um, everybody else is going to get better too, so you have to get better kind of at a more rapid pace than, than some other teams. So, um, you know, the... The downside of this is Purdue lost to Rutgers and is not going to be the number one team in the country next week. But, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure, I think, that comes with being the number one team in the country. Like, you almost feel like we can't lose or can't afford to lose. And sometimes it's good to lose. I think losing to Rutgers was a good thing because, like I said, Purdue probably does not go to Columbus and win on Thursday night if Purdue finds a way to to win that Rutgers game. So, yeah. I, I'd like to see you know the turnovers get cleaned up, and I expect Purdue will come out with a victory on on Sunday at uh, Penn State. But should Purdue lose that game, I will not be surprised. It's going to be a grind the whole season through the Big Ten. I know it's cliche, and every coach says it, but um, we've seen Purdue now play what is it four Big Ten games, and other than the Minnesota game at home, uh, it's been a dogfight and all three of the other ones could have gone either way. So I expect much of the same from the Penn State game. I'm going to get off of here and uh, continue my trek down I-70 towards Indianapolis and then on to 65 to West Lafayette. But uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll catch you again next time. This has been the Boilers Extra Podcast with your host, Sam King.